Welcome to the Misha Rouser Show. I'm Misha, an organizational psychologist, and I'll be taking you down a path towards achieving professional success while still having fun. For over a decade, I have been guiding individuals and organizations through professional transitions. The goal is to help you, your business, or organization create a successful, engaging atmosphere without sacrificing a positive culture. So, let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm Misha, and welcome to my show, and thank you so much for listening. So again, this show is all about leadership and professional development, everything you need to know to be more competent in your professional life, including communication skills, personal productivity, leading without authority, emotional intelligence, and so much more. And in fact, today we're going to be going into teams and working with teens. But before we dive into that, I want to just quickly say hello to Benny. Hi, Benny. Teens or teams? Teams, all not right, the teenager. Sure, okay. That's another show. All right. The parenting show. Actually, though, teams, raising teens, I've always said as if you are a parent, especially around the teenage years, that is like leadership 101. Oh, yeah. You know, how do you get him to do what you want him to do? The how previous do you- show host, uh, <laughs> Sue Lundquist, actually uh, about an hour ago, she's, uh, you know, all of her daughters now are in their teens. Yeah. Like every, and I remember when they used to come in here like, you know, gosh, six years ago, seven years ago. They're such cute little girls, you know, adorable. Now they're like almost full-grown women. I'm like, wow, it's amazing how fast they grow up. It is. It is. In fact, thinking of that, my uh, my son just came back from his first year in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> I actually, I might bring him onto the show next Yay. week just for fun, just to bring him in here. Let's do it. I want to see. I know. We <laughs> okay, we'll see if we can get him in here. Okay, so let's see. So a couple other little things really quickly, too. So. Um, before I jump into today's topic, please remember that all of these rec- all of these shows are recorded, and you can download them via my website, and that's MishaRouser.com, and that's spelled M-E-I-S-H-A, Rouser, R-O-U-S-E-R. So you can use my website as a resource for a couple of things. One is to listen to past podcasts. I'm also in the process of transcribing all of the shows, so you can also um, l- read the transcript of each show as well. And then I'm also creating a space on the um, on the website for also materials because there's been some things that I've been re- referring to in my shows that I'm making available on my website as well. So do use that as a resource. And again, if you have any questions, remember this is live right now. If you are listening live either here in Seattle or streaming this worldwide, you can call in with any questions. And that call-in number, Benny... Sure, 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. Okay, perfect. So if you don't want to call in but you do have some questions, then send those to me via my website. So you can just go to my website on the Contact Me page and send them on over. And what I've been doing is if there's a short one, I'll bring it into maybe a show or else I will combine them into a show that is just answering questions. Okay, so today then... um, we are going to be going into uh, different stages of teams. And what I wanted to focus on, though, is that some of these, the first one especially, there's going to be two models I'm going to share with you. The first one, a lot of you have probably heard somewhere. Um, but what I'm going to do with this model, too, is look at it from the perspective is if you are a manager or a leader and you are trying to help your team come together more and take on more responsibility, then how would you... You know, what, how, how would you be 
um, directing them and helping to lead them in these various stages. So like I said, I'm going to do that, that same type of idea with these two different models. So the first model that we're going to be talking about is it was actually produced or developed back in 1965 by Dr. Bruce Tuckman, and it's the stages of team development. And when he initially set that up, it was the forming, storming, norming, and performing stages. And then in 1970, he actually added a fifth stage, which is adjoining, or sometimes people will call it mourning. Um, and I'm going to go into really briefly those stages. But the thing I want to point out here is a couple with this is that one, I mean, yeah, this was developed in 1965, but I just love some of these tools and these models that have stood the test of time. You know, they obviously are still effective today, even though our environment has changed. These models and both of them that I'm going to be sharing with you just work. They, it's just, it's amazing when we can keep them in mind to help understand what could possibly be driving the behavior that we're getting within our teams or with, you know, certain individuals. Um, in fact, it was interesting that on my way over here, as I'm commuting over, I'm on a retainer, like I said, for a number of companies. And one of them, what that means then is that a lot of times I'm on call for them. So if they have need any help, then I will pick up the phone and be talking with them. And so I was, they needed to talk with me this morning. So on my way over, and they were talking about an employee that they're having some issues with, you know, a kind of a manager. And I'm going through all of my usual kind of consulting with them and such. And hang up with them. And as I pulled into the studio, I'm thinking I'm shifting my head around. Oh, okay. The stages and what I'm going to be talking about today. And then realized, hmm, did I even think about these stages when I was just consulting with my clients about hmm, could what is driving their behavior be coming out of they're in a particular, what stage are they in, in one of these models? And it just made me realize that we so tend to default on our you know, the like, you know, five or maybe even two or three things that when we run into a situation with employees or with coworkers or just conflict or whatever, we tend to just default to one or two things. And in, and we, we try to, to look at the problem from those perspectives only. And it was a great reminder to that there's so many different models and perspectives that we could be taking that could also help shed light on the situation. Okay, so let's dive into then the stages of group development. So the first stage is, is the forming stage. And this is basically where the team meets and learns about the project, what their formal roles are going to be and responsibilities. Um, this is the phase, two where team members will tend to be dependent or, I'm sorry, more independent and not quite as open. Um, so during this phase, they are learning what the team opportunities are, what the challenges would be of either this project or this new team that they're joining. Sometimes the members may be a little confused about their role or not quite understand the need for the team or why am I even on this team or why am I even on this project. It could be also um, during this phase, this is also when members tend to agree on and start to agree on goals and actions for what they are going to be doing by talking through, okay, why am I here? What is our purpose? And this is also where they start to maybe establish formally or informally some of the ground rules of how they're going to work together. So keeping this in mind, then, what is your role if you were the team leader or the manager? One is to understand that at the start, you may be more seen as a member of the group um, who help facilitates the team building process and so forth. That's going to change a little bit over time. But in the beginning, especially in this, in this phase, you are going to be more of 
more of a directive in this phase. You're going to help them to understand why they're coming together, help them to identify their goals and their, you know, define their processes and so forth. Okay, so just know in this stage of forming, your role is going to be much, probably the most directive than any of the others. And then you slowly start to step out from there. So then the next phase that they tend to go into is the storming. And this is when everybody tends to call me then. <laughs> Misha, what's going on? My employees are doing this, this, or that. But yeah, they're in storming. And unfortunately, because we go through so much change, we are in storming a lot. Um, okay, so in the storming phase, this is where the team begins to address the work projects, the technical decisions, how they're going to manage it. Um, this is where they're not quite collaboratively working yet because they're working out their differences. They have differences of ideas of how things to, should be done, what their goals are, different perspectives on the environment and, you know, how, how do they even want to work within that. And so in this stage, you still got a lot of individual expression of ideas that occurs. And there is more open conflict than between members. Um, this is where some people are going to be much more aggressive in their opinions and other people are going to start getting more quiet and maybe sitting back and not being as in included. This is also where members tend to focus more on the details than the real issue of what are we accomplishing because they're just trying to figure out all the little details. Okay, what are we doing? How are we going to work together? There's also usually low trust at this point in this stage because they're trying to figure out everybody else and what, who are they and, and subliminally, what's also going on here is the power position, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, but we're just trying to feel out, like, okay, who's going to be more of a lead? Who, you know, what are some of the other domains that other people, you know, who is the expert, you know, in, in our, our group? That type of thing. So we're starting to learn the different type of power roles we all play. All right. So with that stage, and again, that's the storming stage, um, this is where the team needs to also um, decide on, okay, what is going to be their leadership style? How are we going to move through things? So as a, a leader, a manager, project manager and stuff, your role then during this phase is to try to help by stressing tolerance and patience between members, you know, help them to um, and help guide their, their team building process. So you want to help guide them as they move through clarifying what their goals are, what they did, you know, deciding who are going to play what roles, um, what kind of what is acceptable team behavior, what are kind of the ground rules that they want to work around. And also then giving mutual feedback of the process for team communication. OK, so how do they want to communicate with each other and so forth? So you you may be playing the kind of helping to facilitate that key here is you don't want to unless you have to dictate what that's going to be. Again, people support what they help to create. So you're helping now to create this facilitation process to work them through these differences of opinions and such. So when they move through that, then they're moving into the norming stage. So the norming phase is where the team members begin to work together and adjust work habits and behaviors that support the team. And the team starts to begin to trust each other because they're feeling more confident. They understand what their role is in the team and so forth. This is where the team develops work habits that will support the rules and vision of the team. Um, this is where they establish then what tools and methodologies are we wanting to agree on to get through this. Um, they're, they're starting to exhibit better work behaviors. Their motivation starts to pick up a bit. And their ability to have open communications will also increase. 
you're going to start seeing more more positive um, teamwork and group focuses will come across. So this is also where the team relationships are going to start growing. And the individual characteristics are understood and appropriately utilized and so forth. So now what is your role as a manager or a leader? What your role is is, again, to encourage participation and professionalism among the team. So you want to make sure, like, all the voices are being heard, that, you know, they're including everybody in, that they're not missing anything big that might, you know, steer them off course, especially, when, you know, in regards to setting their goals and expectations. And by the way, too, your biggest role in all of this is to make sure that you are very clear on your expectations of this group for this project, whatever it is that they're working on. Okay, so now we move into the performing stage. So now the team is performing. Um, you know that they've reached this performing stage when they're functioning as a well-organized unit. They become more independent, and they work through issues more smoothly and effectively on their own. They, um, they start to show a high level of loyalty and participation, motivation, and make more group decisions without you having to get involved. There's a lot more knowledge sharing going on, maybe some cross-training, um, and their interdependence with each other starts to increase. This is also, like I said, where the team is going to be more self-directing and developing plans and strategies that will meet the, the goals for the team. And then this is also where personal growth and sharing is encouraged throughout the membership or the yeah, throughout membership with the team. So now, again, this is the sweet spot of as if you've done this right as a team or manager. This is, again, where you just become the facilitator, aiding the team in, communi- in the communication process if necessary. Um, you're, if, they, if, if they tend to, um, like at, at this point, too, is where you're also, you're, you're there to help support them. You know, the questions you're asking more of, what do you need from me to help you get what you need done? So you're more of a support mechanism. But the other thing, too, that you're keeping an eye on is if they, which is very common, if they revert out of this stage. Because we constantly and teams are constantly moving in and out of all of these stages. And by the way, rarely is it very uniform that a team moves sequentially through the forming, storming, norming, and performing process. Usually there's a lot of bumps in the road and things that happen that will bump them back into maybe storming. And then they got to reform into norming. Or even something back into reform into forming. You know, if a team member leaves and a new team member comes in, boom, you're back and forming. Everybody's trying to learn how to get along with each other again. So you are just constantly maneuvering through these stages with them, helping to facilitate what is needed. Then the last phase for them is the adjourning or mourning phase. This phase is actually a big one that a lot of people, and especially managers, don't give enough emphasis to. So this is where they finish their work. Either the project has been completed or, you know, and, and they move on to a new project or the team disbands. And in this phase is um, where there can be and hopefully you as a manager is, are creating space for celebration for what they have accomplished to help recognize their achievements. And know, too, it is very common that there is going to be some mourning. Some people are, are going to be sad that the team has come to an end, especially if it was a success and it was a fun ride, and they made some great relationships. It's going to be hard for them to let go of that and to, for you to understand that that is natural and to give them space to, you know, have that it's going to take them a little bit of time to kind of recover from that. Um, okay, so with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. But before we do that, then, 
when we come back, we're going to jump into then another model that has been extremely helpful that a lot of leaders don't use that can help also, especially when team members go through kind of this mourning stage. Okay, so you are listening to the Misha Rouser Show on 1150 KKNW, and we will be right back after this quick break. Dynamic careers in organizations require dynamic thinking. Success is measured in terms of positive, productive, meaningful workplaces. Misha Rouser, master coach, organizational psychologist, and successful entrepreneur, has helped thousands become more confident in their leadership and professional abilities. Misha's years of research and private practice have given her the tools to help you or your organization improve performance. Log on now to learn more about coaching, consulting, or training with Misha Rouser at MishaRouser.com. That's M-E-I-S-H-A-R-O-U-S-E-R.com. Hello, my name is Marie Manucheri. I'm an energy intuitive author and host of Where Energy and Medicine Meet. During the show, I answer callers' questions, intuitively, of course, and provide invaluable guidance. I also interview others who I believe are on the leading edge of thought. Tune in on Thursday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on 1150 a.m. in Seattle or live wherever you are at energyintuitive.com. This is the sound of E. coli splashing around in raw hamburger juice on your cutting board. And it looks like mom just put the tomatoes and onions on there, too. Don't let E. coli mosh with your food. An estimated 3,000 Americans die from a foodborne illness each year. So always separate raw meat from vegetables on two cutting boards. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. So effective leadership isn't something that just happens. It takes time and effort. Misha Rouser, Master Coach, organizational psychologist and successful entrepreneur has developed a concentrated series of courses to help you become your best as a leader and professional. Explore your leadership style, become a communications master, and learn to plan strategically in order to make better decisions. You'll learn emotional intelligence, team building, change management, and other skills for personal success, such as conflict resolution. There's a great leader inside you to be unlocked. Make the commitment to become a well-rounded, intelligent leader. Show the world around you that you are ready to lead. Log on to MishaRouser.com. That's MishaRouser.com to learn more. It's the Leadership Development Series. Your first step toward professional excellence begins at MishaRouser.com. 1150KKNW.com. It's why they invented the Internet. We think. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. All 
right. Then he cracks me up. Okay, yes, you dropped a bomb on me. Well, you were asking why I play that song in particular, and I'm going for more of the angle like, you know, you're talking about team playing. So I could see like in a meeting and your executive manager comes in, it's like you are no longer a team player. I'm going to drop the bomb on you. You're out of here. You're fired. So with that. Actually, it is Be a great. team player, people. It's, it's, it does beautifully segue into this next model because this next model – that's kind of what it's talking about. So the next model I wanted to talk about when we we're talking about team engagement and especially around change is, um, you know, like, for example, any transitional changes, meaning a major project comes to an end, like we were just talking before, or a team member has left or the team is moving, even something as simple as the team is moving into a new location, any type of those transitional changes or anything you're impl- anytime you're implementing something new, there's a new procedure coming down or there's new ways that you're going to be doing things. It could also be change in the way of how you are wanting your team to perform. So, for example, that let's say you're trying to get your team to perform more independently from you. You want to empower them and so forth. This is especially the case, like if you were going to be implementing either like Scrum or Lean or Six Sigma and such, you're really moving the onus and the ownership on the team. So any of these changes can feel like a bomb's being dropped on them. And here's a wonderful model of, and of stages that people go through that a lot of times we don't think about. And so what we're going to be talking about is the different phases that a team moves through can be very similar to the, what's called the Kubler-Ross model, which is also known as the five stages of grief. You know, you think this is kind of weird. No, listen to me. This really does make so much sense. So let's go through this. So there's five stages of grief. And this one does tend to progress into the next one, although you'll get this just like the previous model that we were talking about of, of group development. It doesn't necessarily have to happen in sequential order. But typically, a person, when moving through grief, starts in denial, moves into anger, starts bargaining goes into depression, and then enters acceptance. So let's see how this can unfold in your team when you're introducing changes. So, for example, on the denial stage, um, in the denial stage, of team members are consciously or unconsciously unwilling to accept whatever it is, the change that you're wanting to happen. And until they are able to become present with whatever it is that is keeping them in denial, they will not be able to move forward into the change process. So let's give an example. Play with a scenario of this. Let's say that um, that you are trying to implement something that you want the team to take more independence. So you have a team player, Susie, and Susie is feeling overwhelmed by all the work she has, and thus sees a new procedure that you're wanting to implement as adding to her overwhelm. Or she doesn't see how coming together, like if you were trying to implement Scrum or Lean or so forth, how that is going to alleviate her workload. If anything, she sees it as adding to her load. Okay, so again, she's in denial. She's just feeling overwhelmed. She's like, this isn't going to work. What are you asking me to do? And so forth. So here's some of the things that you could be thinking about if you're a leader or a manager on how to move through that. Is one to encourage Susie to share her concerns with the team. Because again, what you're trying to do is not micromanage her. Um, You want her to be comfortable in learning how to stop coming to you and how to start asking the team how she can you know, reduce her workload in this new environment where they're wanting to work together, where she just doesn't see this as being sustainable. Um, so in other words, you could 
a couple things that you want to be thinking about here is also you want to acknowledge her concerns, understand that she's kind of in this denial phase of this is not going to work and recognize that, acknowledge it, and then help her to understand where she can start to get support is in this case might be hopefully with the teen. Okay, so that would be an example of denial. Let's move into anger. So when we talk about the five stages of grief, it could be anger. This one I was thinking when I was talking to my clients this morning. And as soon as I started thinking about this, I'm like, oh, he's in the anger stage because they are going through a transition where they have new management and this guy's angry. It's like, interesting. So anger stage, until a team learns how to resolve internal conflicts as a team, then anger may grow between team members or between them and you as a leader. And so especially if those on your team who have been accustomed to asking you to deal with their challenges with coworkers or to resolve their issues for them, um, they'll now, they're now being tasked to confront with, you know, hey, I, no, I want you to then work within your team and, and figure this out yourself. Okay, so here are a couple things to think about in resolution with just, I'm just taking one scenario here of you're trying to create a team that's more independent and you're trying to get them to stop coming to you for everything. Um, So let's say, for example, that in this one, you have a team member and let's say he keeps coming to you and his name's Fred and he's frustrated, he's angry and he's coming to you about how inefficient everybody else is on the team and how they're and how he wants you to do something about it. Okay, now again, you're so one, when we go back to the stages of group development, you understand he's he's obviously in that they're in storming. And you want them you want the team to resolve this. So remember so one of the things is to help yourself remember to be patient that he's working through this phase. And remember it takes time for the team to hold to, to feel comfortable holding each other accountable. So you may want to share some tools with Fred to help him understand. So, for example, you could say, Fred, I know you must be feeling frustrated with some of the others on the team who appear not to be pulling their weight. You know, when I first became a project manager, I felt the same way with some of my colleagues. And what I found helped, what, what I found to help was to address the team as a group and without attacking others to share how I was feeling and to ask the group if they had any suggestions. Okay, so that could be one way that you could help Give him some tools to then move through this process. Um, so let's go then into the another phase. Another phase that people could show up in is bargaining. And so this is when team members are used to having external direction, and they may continue fostering this pattern by continually requesting for help to solve the problems. Um, they may be attempting to bargain, bargain with you. So, for example, a scenario here could be Susie, who's a, t- a team member, keeps trying to bargain with you to get you to um, give her permission to take on all of this work herself because she's feeling like everybody else is just bogging her down and they're not truly doing what they need to be doing for a variety of reasons. So again, you're trying to recognize, okay, we're going through change here. Again, you want them to be responsible and to take this on themselves. You could explain to her then, well, maybe why splitting the work is important and that how... How it is done as a team, it should be done as a decision. Um, so you could request for Susie to work with the team to negotiate the size and, and ha- you know, of workload and how they're going to split it up. Um, here's the thing you want to definitely watch yourself, though. You want to avoid the temptation of problem solving, of setting the direction and making decisions for the team. Instead, help them 
to understand these are my expectations and this is here are some tools and how maybe you can resolve that within the team. Okay, now the, the other one is depression. This one can show up sometimes when people are going through organizational changes and so forth and they feel a lack of control, um, which can zap their creativity and enthusiasm. So an example of this one is, let's say, Rhonda, who usually is the team's rock star. Okay, usually she gets her choice of projects, and she would take just those projects that suited her because she liked to be creative on her own. However, now Rhonda is feeling like this empowering the team approach is limiting the variety of work and that she's getting, and she's been lately really showing kind of signs of being really unhappy or a little depressed. So again, some things that you could do here is to under is to help under I'm sorry I'm sorry to help Rhonda understand the need of why one is delivering value to the rest of the group. You know, her job is to help do that, and for her to understand how she needs to work collaboratively with the group for the group as a whole to achieve their goals. Okay. So again, there's some tools around that one. And then usually if you work through all this pretty well, then you've gone into acceptance and everybody's working collaboratively together. So again, these resources will be on my website. Thank you so much. I know that was a lot of information, but please do use my my website as a resource for you. And we will be talking to you some more next week. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Misha Rouser Show on Alternative Talk 1150. Join Misha every week, Tuesdays, 9.30 to 10 a.m., as she takes you down a path toward achieving professional success while still having fun. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your colleagues. Misha helps people and organizations be successful, all while staying on a positive path. Tune in next week for the Misha Rouser Show.